Maida Hidalgo Salazar is the new deputy executive director of the National LGBTQ Task Force, and she's here to talk about the task force and give us her spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Maida. Hi there. Thank you so much for inviting me, for having me here. Give us some background about the uh, task force. Of course. We are the progressive voice of the queer community, and we're the leading queer voice on progressive issues. We do this through our policy work across several social justice issues, fighting for federal non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ people, full reproductive rights, racial equity, and inclusive sex education curriculum. Our advocacy happens at both the national and grassroots levels in faith communities and with programs like our Creating Change Conference, which we will soon be celebrating our 50th anniversary as one of the oldest LGBTQ rights organizations in the country um, with a long and proud legacy of fighting for everyone in our communities. How did you get involved with the task force? starts with how I initially got involved in social justice work. I was 17 years old and dealing with all of the challenges, both personal and political, that came with being an undocumented and closeted queer woman in um, my community in Florida, in Polk County, Florida. And it was an organizer from the Florida Immigrant Coalition that was so insistent on me attending this community meeting. I mean, talk about, like, super organizer, Jessica Sanchez, I'll, I'll never forget. Um, she's the closest sister friend now. Um, was relentless, and she got me to show up to um, this community meeting. And this meeting ended up being the planning meeting for the Trail of Dreams. And the Trail of Dreams in 2010, for folks who don't remember or don't know, um, it was a walk from Miami, Florida, to Washington, D.C., a foreign documented youth and we were demanding that Obama stop the deportations of undocumented people in this country. And I was the project manager for that campaign at 17. And two of the people that were the walkers were a queer couple. And, you know, in, in many ways, my um, trajectory is deeply intertwined with the task force. Uh, as someone who got involved um, in undocumented youth organizing when I was a teenager, I was part of the first generation of undocumented youth to publicly come out and share my story as an undocumented person, as a queer woman. And it was really the work of organizations like the task force that set that precedent, right? The whole concept of coming out, right, as undocumented was a concept we borrowed from the LGBTQ movement. And, you know, it's no coincidence that a lot of the people that really invested in me really believed in me and gave me the tools I have now to organize and empower Myself, we're queer women of color, right? So I'm really grateful to be in this role of the task force where we get to work at the intersections, which is something I was already doing um, when I was doing work directly in the immigrant rights movement. I was a teenager and I didn't necessarily have the language for that work that I do now. And I'm really grateful to be in a role that allows me to like seize this intergenerational power that we have in the LGBTQ community. There is so much wisdom and history that comes with like our elders that have really created the conditions for women like me to come into leadership. What do you hope to accomplish at the task force? Something I learned from my work at United We Dream and as one of the founders of the undocumented youth movement, 
was the power of base building, the power of having people who are directly impacted, most directly impacted by social justice issues at the forefront. And I'm really thrilled to bring that organizing experience to the task force family. It's a really historic time for our organization under the leadership of Kara Johnson. We have some ambitious goals and a powerful set of diverse voices to really uplift the LGBTQ community's needs and concerns and really show people the breadth of LGBTQ issues. As an organization, our goal is simple, full federal equality, and we know we have a long way to go, but we're in this for the long haul. We want to create a world where we can celebrate all of ourselves all of the time. And we are dedicated to achieving freedom and justice for LGBTQ people and our families through proactive, targeted, change-inducing campaigns. And we want to build a society that values and respects our dignity and our human expression and identity and achieves equity for all. Tell us about the upcoming Creating Change conference that takes place in uh, New Orleans from uh, January 12th to the uh, 16th in the beginning of 2022. Absolutely. So we are thrilled to be gathering in person safely in New Orleans. Uh, Right now, I can tell you that we're expecting about 2,000 attendees. Our opening keynote is uh, Native American advocate Beverly Little Thunder, and our conference keynote is Alok. They're an extraordinary non-binary activist, writer, and model. Uh, I will be co-presenting the State of the Movement, our queer version of the State of the Union with our Executive Director, Kira Johnson, and we will also be launching our Queer the Vote campaign for 2022. And the Creating Change Conference will, as always, will be filled with incredible workshops, caucuses, and plenary sessions. And given that Creating Change has always been this queer activist family reunion, we'll also have a chance to celebrate, agitate together, and bring visibility to many of the issues we care about in the streets of New Orleans. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the uh, Biden administration? We have seen progress. Um, and the diversity of appointees like Dr. Rachel Levine um, to our own staffer, Megan Mowry, who worked with us for years to queer the census, is now at the Census Bureau. Uh, Many of the anti-LGBTQ and particularly anti-trans policies of the prior administration have been reversed, and we have an administration that is stepping up and supporting queer youth, especially trans youth, in a visible way, and we have a long way to go. We need our leadership to take on an entrenched anti-LGBTQ, anti-progressive opposition that is stonewalling legislation of all kinds. And to be clear, you know, the reversing of Trump's policies should be the floor, not the ceiling of what we are demanding as LGBTQ people. Our inability to pass important legislation like the Equality Act, Voting Rights Act and others, when the majority of voters and the public are in support of these legislations, is why we need to do everything we can to educate, agitate, and motivate people to get involved in 2022. The prospect of a worse situation in Congress is unacceptable. And the hundreds, literally hundreds, of anti-LGBTQ pieces of legislation, attacks on trans youth, inclusive LGBTQ curriculum, and ongoing epidemic of violence against our community, especially on trans people of color, We're marking the most deadly year yet. So, yes, there has been progress, and there is a lot more work to be done. And that work can't just stop at reversing uh, the policies of our previous administration. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, 
What advice would you have for these kids, especially during these challenging times? Well, before going into advice, I would want them to hear this simple message. You are not alone. We see you. I see you. You're loved exactly as you are. I have been where you are, and I can tell you that the power of community, the power of seeking people that support you, is one of the most important survival tools that you can learn. So the best advice I would give is to be able to find the support you need. Get involved in local, national, statewide LGBTQ organizations. There's so much work to be done around family acceptance and addressing bullying and homophobia and transphobia in school um, with young people coming out now at earlier ages. And they are really leading the way and demanding that we think more expansively around identity. And we really owe it to them to provide the support they need to not merely survive, but to thrive. So that would be my offering and my advice to them. How can people get information about the uh, task force and also the Creating Change conference? The best place to go is our website, www.thetaskforce.org. And if you want to learn about our Creating Change conference, that link is on that website as well. Also follow us on our social media platforms, um, at the task force on Instagram and Twitter, as well as Facebook. What other projects are you working on? 2022 is already going to be a very busy year. <laughs> we will be looking to fight for the passage of the Equality Act. Um, and the big picture here is all about queering democracy. The midterm elections will be critical in making any progress on the fight for equality, voting rights, racial and economic equity, reproductive rights, climate and environmental issues, and more. And I expect our Queer the Vote work will be front and center and being launched at the Creating Change Conference all the way to November. We're also looking forward to having our annual Winter Party Festival in March in Miami and to return to in-person events um, with a great opportunity to organize. And of course, we will be focused on policy fields and faith leadership building work. And we're also expanding our work in Spanish language media, something I'm especially emotional about. And we will start preparing for our 50th anniversary in 2023, which is a huge milestone for the task force in the LGBTQ community. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? I wish people would ask, how can I help? How can I get involved? And my answer would be to get engaged, get involved locally um, in your community with an organization doing work that speaks to you. And above all, if you can, and you have the um, right to become an informed voter and vote. And I say that knowing that there's a lot of formerly incarcerated people that do not have the right to vote and also undocumented people. And it's one of many ways to engage in civic society. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra to get you through these difficult times? I totally have a mantra. These past few years have turned me into one of those, like, people that meditate religiously every day. It's one of the only things that gets me through. And so the mantra I use in my meditation is, I am protected, I am connected, and I am a force of nature. That means for me that in community and in connection, I am safe. A force of nature that I'm connected to my roots and then I'm also connected to the earth. And I should never forget the power I hold as someone that can be in community with others.